0: You're listening to the From Grassroots to Glory podcast, hosted by Didier Lumiere, providing an in-depth look into the behind-the-scenes of the Victorian Athletic League.
1: Welcome
0: to the From Grassroots to Glory podcast. I'm Jadiel Lemieux, and thank you for listening wherever you're listening from. Today's guest offers us a bit of a different perspective into the VAL. We've previously spoken with sprinters, and of course, Ollie Worm, the voice of the Victorian Athletic League. However, today's guest is a bit different. He's a middle-distance athlete, and he's fresh off a brilliant season, which saw him win the Middle Distance Athlete of the Year Award at the VRTA Awards Night. I'm really excited about this episode. And I hope it's as insightful for you as it was for me. So please welcome to the pod, Alex Jones. Welcome, Alex. Fantastic to have you on Fix On Sport this morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolute pleasure man um hey let's just start with a little bit of an introduction to yourself uh, just explain to you know the viewers and the listeners uh, a bit about who you are and what you've been doing so far in your athletics career
1: yeah sure well um yeah name's alex so i've been part of uh my main uh, running has probably been the val since 2019 when my coach joined me up so that's about uh four it's getting on about five years or more or so as part of the junior career um uh a bit of shield athletics as well of course like most runners in australia victoria um and lots of i guess school meets where obviously a lot of people like myself uh, first got my experience into running uh but otherwise it's just been yeah mostly all the VAL since so you know at stall at uh the ringwood gift uh, a lot of the events that um yeah the rest of us know um yeah it's been a
0: really good five years fantastic and you know You've had a good, successful season just gone, and we'll touch on that a little bit later on. Um, But for you, I suppose, what made you want to get into running in the first place as a junior? Cool. Well,
1: uh, in the first place, I did you know every other sport between basketballs, footy, soccer, all those things as a kid. And I, <laughs> uh, let's just say, I have a very specific skill set. So, like, uh, not a lot of coordination, not a lot of good decision making uh, in the brain. So, like, uh, if there's old pictures of me doing football, I'd actually, like, I'd call for the football uh, with my hands in the air, and then I was I'm running, I would forget to actually put them back down. So like, <laughs> as a general idea, like you get called forest Gump and things like that during football, um, I'd just run a straight line and if I bounced it or kicked it or handballed it, I'd probably have a problem. So um, I had, I guess, some natural sort of genes with uh, running, but then it wasn't till around year eight when uh, my mum forced me to go search up a coach and um, get some training and see what it actually looks like. And that's obviously when um, uh, my coach, Mark Howard, who's uh, pretty involved in the VAL, especially in the past, he ran the, uh, or won the Black Opal 400 at Bendigo, I think, back in 2000 and competed in Sydney. Um, but, uh, yeah, he told me to make the switch from cross-country to uh, middle-distance athletics um right then and there he saw me like once and just said yeah you gotta um scrap the cross country and do this with me for like two three years and we'll um you know have some success there so uh loved all my other sports I was still pretty involved in football with um the EFL and boundary umpiring and stuff like that uh cool. but yeah yeah uh, running's basically been the only one that lets me just sort of switch my brain off and just put all the effort into the actual race itself so um yeah it's just yeah one skill one skill
0: uh, and but it's the one skill that's perfect for you, I suppose. Um, with that cross-country side of things, early days as well, did that stem from your activity in, in you know, team sports where you're, you're running a lot further, you know, a couple of kilometres, if not tens of kilometres um, each game? Does that stem from in those early days, cross-country? It stemmed from a
1: fair bit and it, it still didn't really like click for me really around uh the cusp of high school. Cause again, like primary school, like uh it, it took, I think I didn't start walking till I was about almost two or mm-hmm. I had something, um uh, some kind of development. I was younger that meant it took a while for me to walk. And again, just have genuinely like my coordination is, is like uh yeah, a bit below standard. So um mm-hmm. It really started, honestly, with Cross Country, it was probably the event I started with because that's the one that was the most popular at school. So uh, if anyone remembers in primary school, uh, sometimes they even just start the day with like six laps around the school for some reason and get a zuper duper at the end. Like they just warm up uh, people at school just by making them run laps, which is just awesome. So... um, Again, I didn't really have a lot of strategy with my racing, and that's something that's really um, we've really had to sort of nail down over the past few years. But um, cross-country was probably the popular one for me because it <laughs> uh, it was just uh, in primary school or high school, just a test of who actually put more effort in because, like, everyone could yes. run or, you know, everyone had the same, you know, um sort of uh you know pathetic um you know technique goes out the window um there's no yeah. actual sort of you know uh, strategy for a lot of kids starting out and running it says how much do they enjoy it uh how much effort do they just naturally put in because you really can't push them in training that much so like cross country just sort of started out successful i think because i had some kind of drive to um just run as hard as i could and i always i always would uh my pacing was always off where i'd usually start okay at the beginning and then be really slow in the middle. But then like 1K, 800 metres left to go, you see the finish line and then I would just start sprinting. Um, so like uh, it was really just what everyone was doing in primary school, high school, cross country. But um, otherwise it was, yeah, just what everyone, um, yeah, everyone was doing at the time.
0: Yeah, I think you made a really good point there with you know cross country, especially in primary school you know time period. It is that thing of who are the kids that are out there running every day because they like to do that, and that's what they naturally do. Mm. Because uh, there is, of course, a degree of talent in everything, in every skill, Um, but especially at those younger ages, yeah, it's those ones that that put in the effort early days that really get the results, I suppose. Mm. Mm. And then transitioning into the middle distance, obviously your coach, you said that was the first thing he saw, he's like, you've got to do middle distance. Mm. Do you reckon that stems from that final kick in that last kilometre, 800 metres, from cross country, is that where he kind of identified that strength in you?
1: Yeah, it clearly came from again yeah, the final because I, yeah, I was known at least at school for yeah that final kick where it's just like okay uh, and it, maybe it's the same in races now, but it was always okay if you start well against against Alex, um, he'll have too much distance to make up at the end. Um, but uh, if you uh, if there's any space between you and him in the last part, um, then you know he'll try and make it up just by just by going nuts because I'm just like oh I just haven't paced this correctly at all. Um, so what, what did he actually do? Uh, so Mark, when he saw me, um, originally it was, um, there was an invitation after I did, uh, I think state cross country for like high school. Um, there was an invitation to do a cross country camp in America. Um, it was a tour of like Los Angeles and Texas, I think. So that's when, again, my parents were just like, okay, you probably need to take this seriously. You need to get a coach, um, and have some actual training, uh, behind this. Uh, and then that's when we found uh, Mark Howard. Uh, and I think he just told me to run like a 300 meter because um, he just had a hunch. And then I like, I sprinted it without even realizing. And that's when he went, okay, yeah, yeah, scratch the cross country. Don't go to America. Um, run on the VAL instead. And it was right around the same time as the 2019 uh, store gift, which I had no idea what it was. So he just said, watch this. That's what you're going to race in next year. And then cool. that's obviously where we've, yeah left off. So yeah, definitely that kick at the end is
0: always my favourite favourite part of a race. Hundred percent, and it's always the most enjoyable. I feel like you know when you get that successful win at the end of it, when you know you've you've put your efforts in, you've put in the the hard yards over that last distance to get over the line and win. That's probably a, a very rewarding experience for you, no doubt.
1: Yeah, no, it's such a rush. Um, you know, it's it's one of the great um, differences around the way that uh, races and the VAL work, obviously. One, because of the handicaps, you can just see, again, that um, uh, that real push uh, for back markers to chase up or for front markers to hold on. But especially in, um, I think a lot of people would agree, either the 300 or the 400 metre, um, you get that final bend uh, before the the last straight. Uh, and you can just see it's, yeah, just such a kick. Between everyone to get that inside spot and like genuinely fight, because you're on the same lane, obviously, um, Mm. to genuinely kick and find that spot as you're sprinting is, yeah, just such a spectacle.
0: Yeah, 100% agree there. So you've been in the VAL since since 2019 now. Over that time period between then and and now, obviously, there's been a few years with COVID in between. Mm. What heights and what achievements have you reached within the VAL? Well, the best
1: success was, uh, I guess, everything that culminated 2022, 2023. Um, the earliest success was uh, amongst, I think you've um, uh, spoken to Endale as well. So we're part of basically the same uh, crop of kids that did a lot of the under-18 events. So, you know, the sports biz 400s and the one, uh, the under-18 120s. So I was very lucky in my first season to pinch a under-18 120 in Berwick um, uh, right before stall. And then that was a bit of a confidence booster, which then meant in 2019, um, I managed to get into the final of the open 800 metre uh, in 2019. So that was, uh, thank you. Um, probably uh, as far as at like, the pure rush at the time, 16 year old, um, that was probably um, the thing that set up my motivation for the longest time since um because i mean that was just a race that we spoke about for a year because the plan was to race in it you know in three years or something like that uh and course, then we managed yeah. to just yeah sneak in um at that time when we did so um after that we had uh some success the season leading up to covid so 2019 2020 um had an open win and more under 18 success um A bit of a hiatus during COVID because of, I guess, sort of training without uh, my group and uh, without really races to sort of set goals and timeframes to. Um, But then once that came back, obviously, the season we just had, the highest point was either um, coming second at stall uh, in the 800 uh, just just past Seastar. Or really, the uh, Australia Day weekend 400 meter at Wangaratta. Um, that one was really, really special as well. I guess for anyone who's seen that, I was pretty, um, I was pretty rolled up. I think when I finished that up at the end, but um, that was an amazing experience too, the Wangaratta 400.
0: Yeah, and you've certainly had a very successful season, uh, 2022-23. For for those that aren't aware, we'll just go through all the achievements from this season for you. So you started off very, very positively at Essendon. Um, within the 550 there. Um, You won a total of three events across the season, made 10 finals, um, and as you touched on there, came second at Stahl, which is, you know, achievement in itself. Um, And to top it all off and to, I suppose, um, to bring all of it together, uh, you were awarded the the VRTA Middle Distance Athlete of the Year Award winner. Um, For you, what does it mean to receive such a... a a big prize to really cap off your efforts and and be noticed for what you've done
1: yeah well it was well it was a great night I guess to start off right I actually um (laughs) uh, I during the first season I had I think again for uh, pinching the sort of stall open final I was lucky to get the uh junior athlete of the year the under 18 athlete of the year um, but I think because I was so new to the, uh, the comp at the time, I wasn't on an email list or something. So I missed out on the um, uh, the social night that time. Oh, um, oh, but yeah. uh, <laughs> to see it this year uh, was fantastic. You know, the way they do the Brownlow count with the uh, VAL medal is, you know, genuinely very exciting um, uh, amongst all the tables, all the squads. Um, so to, I guess, share a piece of that with the Middle Distance Award was, yeah, just a great validation. Um, I suppose, for uh, how hard it is for lots of athletes, lots of regulars at the VAL, as I know, to um, stay in form for um, what really is like a four or five month period, you know, from November to April is a very long time to be hitting the podium. So um, uh, yeah, to be recognized like that is obviously uh, very humbling um, and just uh, reminded me at least on the night just how professional an outfit like the VAL is, which is I guess the point that uh, I try to uh explain or come across to as many other athletes and Shield, for example, when they uh, try and hear what it's like because you know as far as I'm aware, um, you don't have the same uh passionate supporter base in a place, um, in other competitions as you're doing the VAL when awards like that come through. So no, it was just uh, yeah, a great cherry on top.
0: Yeah, and that. Back- you know the the community aspects that you kind of just touched on there with the VAL in comparison to to other competitions has been I suppose a commonality across everyone we've spoken to so far they've all said very similar thing. Just one of, one of the biggest benefits for them is that community aspect within the VAL. Yeah. So for you, is that probably the main reason that you love the VAL and you, you enjoy it so much, or is there some other factors involved with that as well that makes you drawn to the competing in the VAL? Well, it's a key difference, right, uh, between
1: the VAL and I want to say almost any other sporting code I've been a part of. So um, because uh, I think, uh, I'm trying to remember who said it, uh, it was someone actually, I think, at the Ballarat gift, but they really summarised them when they explained that um, uh, the VAL is different because there's like a, it's like a grand final every week. You know, um, it's such a spectacle getting um, the the speech with the sash and the prize money, um, you know, uh, beating the odds uh, on a race against grass in, you know, uh, whatever area. Uh, it feels like a grand final victory for anybody that actually wins a gift because you might only win one a year um, or yeah, in a year or in your career, whatever it yeah. is. Um, there are so many... Um, stories every single week on um, uh, how someone got to that point, how they peaked for their season to win on this day, in this event, uh, on this week. You know, it's why um, if you've spoken, I think, to the um, the folks at the uh, Walk Blocks podcast, it's why they have such a hard time, I think, picking the winners um, each week. They have, like, you know, a race of the week. And it is genuinely hard because everyone has uh, their own story. So, um for the VAL in particular, it's one of the best parts that you genuinely get to share that success. I think with people because uh, everyone actually does know what it's like, what someone's been through to um, to be in that position. You know, it's a professional win when you um, win a, uh, a race at the VAL, but you're surrounded by people who know what it takes to get there, know the heartbreak, um, the tension. Um, so there's like a there's a genuine. Uh, sincerity I think when people congratulate each other uh, for a good race whether it's against each other as a spectator uh, I think everyone genuinely knows how it feels um, to succeed
0: yeah and although stall is the pinnacle of the sport of the competition as you said even winning one at one of the regional meets whether it be you know down at Frankston or right? Or whatever it is, yeah. there is still that prestige around winning it, no matter if it's a 70 or a 550 in your case. Mm. So, you know, yeah, it's a it's a massive, massive thing. And yeah, the relatability factor between everyone involved in the sport is key as you, as you touched on there, 100%. So compared to whoever we've spoken to so far, uh, we had a couple of sprinters involved and of course, Ollie, uh, the voice of the VAL. Yeah. So you're our first middle distance athlete, which is very exciting. Uh-huh. Um, and it provides a bit of a different, uh, I suppose, view on the sport, which is amazing. Um, so for you and for listeners, I suppose, that you know they're not aware 100%, um, training-wise for, for middle distance versus sprints, what differences can you see in there uh, for those that may not be aware or perhaps they're wanting to make a shift towards that middle distance range?
1: Uh, biggest difference is probably the gym, uh, gym and diet. Uh, I know a lot of sprinters have, you know, lots of plyometrics and, uh, you know, a very set, uh, routine for strength and conditioning, uh, for a lot of middle distance athletes, depending on how high you go, uh, a lot of the work is based on injury prevention rather than, you know, getting stronger and fitter. So, um, Uh, Like even during the uh, 2020, 2021 season when I was training more uh, around my area where I live, um, we tried some gym routines there and it kind of threw things off as a a middle distance runner. So the big difference is that all of my training uh, really comes down to just uh, banking uh, the mileage, getting the Ks and the legs. Uh, which means that for someone that really enjoys running and isn't uh, as interested in the gym, middle distance running is a great opportunity to um, just cut everything else out. Um, So uh, the training is quite simple, I guess, in that respect. Um, Whereas long distance, um, obviously, you know, uh, still lots of running as well, but uh, the sheer amount of kilometers you've got to do in that is uh, a huge, huge uh, investment uh, and a huge amount of time whereas middle distance, you still get to do a lot of the um, hard running and the long running, but obviously it comes together because, yeah, it's middle distance. Um, yeah. it's, it's There's a real great, I think, uh, variability in the sessions you do as well so obviously for a lot of sprinters, again, the 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 drills are very um very set in stone between you know the 60, 40, 20 meter sprints or you know, maybe a 120 at the end or a 150 at the end. Um the repetitiveness of just you know straight lines. But as a middle distance runner, um, you get skipping in there, you do hills, lots of fartlek. Um and uh, a genuine range of distances so you know sometimes a rep is 1k sometimes a rep is um uh you know 500 meters sometimes it's uh 20. you know there's like every cool. week i get a different session which just keeps it fresh so middle distance training even though i guess um aerobically it's still a very tough one um uh, the lactic acid uh sort of builds up in like hard sprinting sessions Um, there's a genuine like exciting range and training i guess week to week where sprinters have like a very regimented system uh in what they do in the gym what they do on the track uh whereas mine is a bit more laissez-faire i guess
0: cool and you touched on diet briefly on there um in comparison to sprinters obviously maybe you know a little bit more carb heavy because you've got a little bit further of a distance to run compared to the sprinters there Um, you know using they're using you know lactic acid systems and stuff like that whereas you know, you're using um what's the word i've got to go back to my uh, my, my primary my, my secondary school pe here yeah, yeah. Uh, what what system am i looking for here by the way is it uh, what the, uh, anaerobic glycolysis correct yeah that's the one i was looking for yeah, yeah. no no yeah, uh, yeah. Always, always so a bit I'm more carb about. heavy would i be right in saying
1: yeah yeah it definitely is um and again it's a hard lesson learned uh i guess a long way by again understanding yeah which food groups to really rely on so Um, my issue was, um, uh, you know, it's one thing to eat, eat carbs, but it's another, I think to ignore the body and, um, how many carbs I actually needed. So, um, uh, I had to make sure that I actually was, uh, relaxing and eating only the amount of food, uh, from the food groups I actually felt like having. So as a middle distance runner, I I always thought, um, oh, I need to maximize how much, um, Uh, Energy I'm getting by eating as much food as possible, having as many meals as possible. Um, And then uh, when I started having success is when I started to relax more around food and understand, okay, you know, maybe don't snack as much, but uh, when you have meals, only eat as much as you want on a day because your body actually is really good at telling you how much um, food to have. Um, Mm. So sprinters, obviously, uh, it would be very concentrated or certainly a lot more concentrated than a middle distance runner. Um, but for me, I've been, uh, again, very lucky in the middle distance position where um, the only rules that apply are the ones that I think apply for anyone's healthy lifestyle, you know, so, you know, uh, don't snack as much and, you know, cheat meals, are, um, select selecting any of those things, but you still have to uh, have a balance around life in the first place. Um, so diets relax for me a lot since I've started succeeding in the BAL.
0: Fantastic. And being in a coming coming in towards the season now, pre-season training, yeah. Um, for you, three months out before the first uh, meets, what's your training and your diet looking like at the moment compared to you know, what it may be in season, for example?
1: Yeah, uh, it's probably uh, it, uh, it's probably a little bit more carb heavy just because of the uh, you know the weather the humidity. Well, not the humidity, the uh, obviously just the colder weather in training. Um, but right now it's, uh, about the volume over the intensity. Whereas I suppose during the, during the season that starts to switch and you start thinking more about having quality, um, breakouts in your training and your races peaking for those races. Um, but in the winter it's just about getting as many cases as possible. So, um, that's for me, three group sessions, uh, with my a training group and Doncaster, uh, a week. Yep. Uh, I try to sneak in as many, um, just you know, 20, 25-minute jogs um, around the block uh, in between. Um, the secret last season, which I've started again, is boundary umpiring. So um, for okay. the, yep. uh, the EFL, um, which just means, um, you know, uh, getting to watch a game of football, uh, running on the grass as well instead of concrete all the time or on a track. Um, yep. Obviously, some VAL routes there, but um, yeah, just running back and forth of there, you know, for like an hour and a half with uh, breaks in between. It's almost fart-like in itself. Obviously, the way a football game um, goes from you know uh, fast to slow at different points, um, and some boxing and skipping. So um, a bit of a sort of boxers sort of cool down, I guess. And a lot of group training I do that sort of cuts yep. out during the in season. But uh, the Ks, I think anywhere between 50 to 70 Ks a week is the average um, or the goal trying to, yeah, try and get into that every week, whereas that cuts down to about 30 to 40 uh, or lower actually um, during the season. But, yeah, definitely okay. volume over intensity.
0: Fantastic. And heading into this upcoming season, on the back of a very strong season last season, what's your goals looking like and what are you wanting to achieve forthcoming? Well, um,
1: I mean, if it surprises anybody, I don't know, but um, the goals were pretty, um, pretty sparse uh, during the last season. Because uh, really, again, the VAL is a place where you get to have your individual success on a day with a great win over specific races, like I was lucky enough to. But the goal for me as a younger athlete has still always actually been about the times I'm getting. So um it's it's a place where again you can succeed in individual races but the whole time i'm just hoping to by the end of the season um have a faster um pb than uh, at the beginning of the season so just that i guess trajectory of growth is um uh really the main goal in any case so uh i'd love to pinch uh, a mile if i could um because yep. so far i guess i've gotten every distance except for the mile need a bit more work on that one i think since the last time i tried it but um otherwise as well just just get as fast as i can at the um uh well yeah i say middle distance but 800 i think is my eight hundreds probably the one where i've had the most success with things like stall um but i really do love the um the 400 meter uh in the val just because it's such an exciting um race to run as well so um, I would just try to pinch as many as I can. The miles kind of nagging at me, um. But otherwise, uh, like anybody else, I just want to be faster by the end of the season than when I started.
0: Fantastic. And let's narrow in on that eight hundred meters for you. Improving your PB is that you know a full eight hundred meters, or are you going by off what your handicap is at the time to to give yourself an idea of your PB? Um. Well, I guess it's a mixture of both.
1: So, um, I still, um. I still want to see what the VL does a really good job of, um, is on their website. They just have so many stats and analytics for, um, your genuine speed. I think it's the RPM, um, so that you can actually see regardless of handicap, are you running any faster or slower than at a certain point in the season? Um, and obviously that changes a lot from track to track, um, uh, depending on how big the grass field is, or again, what the race was like, but uh, you can still track with the RPM if you're getting any faster or slower during the season, regardless of the handicap. So uh, if I try and look at that, I can see, um, you know, oh, surprise, surprise, you know, some of the fastest uh, events are at stall where the adrenaline just kicks in. Um, but the goal is to try and beat that uh, the next season, the next season. So um, I usually check the RPM to see uh, if I'm getting any faster Um. And uh, suppose, you know, you just see um, with your handicap if your times are getting any faster or not. Now that uh, I've been against again since 2019, you run on the same track, um, the same ground. So you, you're like, oh, my well, Castle Main time was this um, last year. Let's see what it is this time um so you know you can still track it that way but i know i'm getting you know um as a 20 year old now um i can happily say that i reckon i'm faster than when i was when i was 18 or 19 so like that's just enough of a growth i think to understand
0: yeah 100 percent and you know you can only be going out there to achieve your best and if you're if you're selling that every week you know and you're improving it and improving improving irrespective of what results you get with sashes or or anything, you know, at least you can still be happy with yourself knowing that you've you've progressed in in, in that event. 100 hmm. percent So looking ahead, you know, forthcoming a few years, 2026 got com games in, in Victoria, which is very, very exciting. Um right. and everyone's got their minds on it that's involved in Victorian athletics.
1: Hmm.
0: Um for you, are you looking at potentially getting involved around that? you know scored with Australia are you trying to get yourself into a position where you can challenge for a spot there um, or are you just more so looking forward to the exciting prospect of having it in the state uh,
1: well yes to everything uh, and especially because we've got some pretty good uh, middle distance runners uh, around the course nowadays um, with uh, you know Peter Boll and Sue McSwain you know becoming pretty close to household names in Australian athletics which is a massive achievement in itself um, but uh, yeah, of course, if I managed to get to that point um, by that time, uh, yeah, I'd love to compete. Um, and who knows? I think the fact that so much of it is in the uh, a lot of the regional areas, they've got what like hubs in like Geelong, Ballarat, Bendigo, any of those areas, uh, who knows if they're actually going to be running them anywhere near where the VAL actually is known to uh, compete anyway. I'm not sure how that works, but um, I'm definitely watching it if I'm not in it. Um, and if I'm not in it, I just have to hope that I am for the, uh, the next one. Cause I guess the thing that's been drilled into me by my coaches is that, um, running is, uh, obviously there's a, a time limit to how long you can compete, uh, competitively for it, but, um, it's still a pretty large window. You know, you've still got Olympians in there, um, um, young to mid thirties. Um, and even in the VAL, obviously that's the case of some, um, some of our best athletes being masters athletes. Um, and their 300 metre is always a highlight to watch um, every week. So, um, yeah, I'd love to compete if I could, but I'll, otherwise the goal is still just dead set on, am I faster this year than I am last year, then i got absolutely nothing to complain about.
0: Perfect attitude. Love it. Fantastic. So with those com Games on the horizon, where can you see the valve moving in the next two or three years?
1: Um, well, I will... At the moment, I think we've finally found a good formula, I, I again, to just maximise my growth each year, which is with um, as many Ks as possible in the winter. I think that really sets me up to be able to uh, use up a lot of tickets in races when obviously I try to uh, sprint as hard as I can usually at the end of a race. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just want to use those two years to – um, yeah, improve those times as much as possible. Um, it'll be good timing, I suppose, because that's when, uh, some of my, um, uh, my studies at university will start to, to wrap up and I could, uh, make that decision maybe in two years actually to, um, uh, if I decide to do a postgraduate course, I might wait, uh, until, uh, having more of a professional running stint, Um, and just focus on that because that uh, right now would be the most important thing uh, in my life as far as, um, you know, things I enjoy. Um, So, yeah, in two years' time, I may well be just working and running instead of working, running, studying and having that sort of juggle, um, which I'm sure lots of people are um, aware of what it takes. But um, otherwise, again, right, just uh, what a spectacle to uh, have any involvement in the Commonwealth Games, um, whatever it is, or the next
0: one. So, yeah, just kept as fast as possible. Fantastic, Alex. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you this morning. Um, thanks so much for for your insight. And it's good to have a different perspective on things uh, compared to having you know, sprinters on all the time, um, as much as we love talking with them, you know, uh, to have the variability across the different um, the distance, d- different distances. Um, it's very valuable. So thank you so much. Um, if anyone online wanted to find where you are, uh, where can they find you? Oh, sure. Yeah.
1: Um... Well, yeah, thank you again for having me here because, again, I'm sure everyone knows um, what middle distance running is like, but I still would like to, I guess, encourage anybody to um, try that and whatever distance they're doing because, again, you see it in the VAL that um, you get really good sprinters and long-distance runners coming together in the middle distance, which is what makes it so entertaining. So, by all means, have a crack at it at some point during the VAL because it's, yeah, obviously – uh such an amazing uh event distance to be a part of so thanks for letting me share that um i guess well um uh yeah i guess my main social is probably is instagram so what that's um uh alex.jones2003 um which is usually any sort of racing updates and the like of that um but uh otherwise yeah uh, you can see uh the training group which is uh running coach melbourne uh, on Instagram, so again, it's led by uh, Mark Howard and Matt Shiel, um, a sort of a performance training expert who used to, as well, run some great four hundreds in the VAL and then went to um, uh, America. So, uh, yeah, as well, yeah, the um, uh, the squad at
0: Running Coach Melbourne. Fantastic, Alex. Thanks to you. Thanks to you once again. Um, looking very much forward to to catch up with you uh maybe closer to the season and definitely during throughout the season, um seeing how you're progressing and we're wishing you all the best for the upcoming season.
1: Thanks a lot. Appreciate it.